to start so, over. Yeah, so make, I don't even need to say what we no. are because it's just the intro. Yeah. Why? Why? Who we are and why we think you would be interested in our podcast. Okay. okay. You, why don't you tell us? Okay. Interested in the podcast. Uh, I'll t- I can handle who I am. All right. Three, two, one. Hi, I'm Danielle Renshaw with Ruffle Willow Floral Design. Sarah Shepard with Burdock Farms Weddings and Events. So, yeah, Danielle and I want you to listen in on our podcast to learn how to have the wedding of your dreams with a budget you can afford. Because sometimes we all get on Pinterest, don't we, Danielle? We do. And and we want it to be inspired by other things other than Pinterest. Although we love Pinterest. We do love Pinterest. (laughs) Yes. Just listen in to us every week and hear what we have to share with you. Our, we have 45 plus years of experience with yeah. weddings, planning them, designing them, having a wedding venue, catering, cakes, the whole nine yards. So, yeah, we are here to help you. We're uh, what we think are experts in our field and, and we want you to have your dream wedding without having the stress and the worry and being able to budget and afford it. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Okay. Now, you ready to do the podcast part? Yep. And I'm, since they're going to edit all this, I think we can just free range it. Okay. Let's just free range Because they'll tell us, right, if it sucks. Oh, right? yeah, they will. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to another Not Your Pinterest Wedding podcast. I'm excited to be here tonight with Danielle Renshaw with Ruffled Willow. Hey, how you doing, Sarah? I'm Sarah doing good. Sarah Shepherds with Burdock Farms. Yeah, we've got a great guest tonight. Danielle, tell everybody about him. Yeah, so we've got Mike Emrick with We Bring the Party Events. What up, what up? Hey, we're glad you're here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is going to be a great podcast. I do, because DJs really, I think, make or break a wedding. I, I do. I mean, because... If everybody's up dancing and partying, you know, you've got a good wedding going on. So, yeah. Yeah. You agree with us, Mike? (laughs) Well, I can certainly say that for most people, when they call us, it's very easy to ask them, tell us about an experience when you've had a bad DJ. And so that's a really good lead in for us to be able to talk about the benefits of what we do. Oh, that's a good idea. And so everybody that we talk to and we pose that question to can usually rattle off very quickly a wedding or an event they've been to with the DJ that was bad. And so that gives us a really good opportunity to kind of use that as a tool to explain what we do and what differentiates us from other companies. Yeah. So what's the, are there some common answers to that that you see across the board of what was not a good DJ? You know, I think it certainly varies based on what is important to the brides. Uh, just like, you know, what, what you do with the venues and, and with the floral and, and the planning, I think every couple has something that they're specifically super interested in. We get couples that are you know, say the groom is really into the dancing portion and wants to be heavily involved in that, or, you know, they, they know their families want to dance. And so the, the dancing, the open dancing part of their reception is, is very vital to them. Honestly, sometimes we get booked for some weddings where when we get to the open dancing, we're like, why are we even here? You know, clearly this is not something that's important to them. But I do think, again, it it comes down to people have, and we tend to hold in these negative experiences. And so people have that ability to rattle it off. And it could be something like, you know, the DJ was late or the DJ that they hired wasn't the one that showed up or there was an equipment issue or the music was too loud or the music was too quiet or they played explicit content when they weren't supposed to or they played the wrong song at the wrong time. I mean, there's a myriad of different reasons that people can think about a bad DJ. And so I think one of the biggest things for us is we're constantly trying to overcome the stereotype of the quote unquote wedding DJ. Gotcha. All the time. And what's the stereotype? 
that's, I think, you know, you, you all could probably see it and tell me, but I think it's the the drunkard, weird guy that takes over your wedding. <laughs> that talks too much. Yeah. Or, talks too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes the focus off the couple onto themselves or yeah. just a larger than life personality that maybe just doesn't complement the, you know, they, they seem like they're out of place. They don't really, the energy they're bringing doesn't mirror the energy they should be bringing, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think a lot of people see that in movies. It's, I think a lot of times that it's really shown in movies like bad DJs or sure. bad bands. And and that's kind of the... It's know. an easy trope, for sure. For yeah, sure. it is. So we jumped around there because you've got Sorry. so much good information for us. I so know. tell us about you and your business and what you bring to the weddings. Well, certainly I'm, uh, I struggle to talk, as you can tell already. <laughs> no. Uh, so we bring the party events has been around since 2012 is when we officially made the current business. I personally have been DJing since well beyond that. I won't date myself, but my wife and I got married in 2011. And when we got married, we just weren't very happy with the offerings at the time. So this is, we just celebrated our 10th anniversary this past weekend. Congratulations. Thank you. And at the time, there just, there wasn't a lot of venues here. There wasn't a lot of DJs. There wasn't a lot of entertainment options. It was very limited. You know, this is the Clarksville and Hopkinsville community has grown tremendously. And the things that we really wanted for our wedding, we couldn't get. And as I mentioned, I was already DJing. It was kind of something I was dabbling with on the side. And then when we went through our wedding process and we learned so much, we realized, hey, this this is a market that really isn't tapped into. We really think we can lean into it. And one of the biggest things that my wife wanted for our wedding that we couldn't get was a photo booth. So we got married in 2011. And back then, photo booths were around, but you had to get somebody to come out of Nashville. And they wanted like almost $2,000 to come out for our wedding at the time. And for us, that just wasn't something we could do. And so we for, we went without it. And then the next year, we had an opportunity to buy a photo booth and we we decided to jump on it. We brought the first photo booth to the area. I remember sitting in our, we lived in a townhouse at the time. It was $5,000 for us to buy this photo booth. And we spent two nights just racking over whether or not we could afford yeah. to buy this photo booth, whether it was a good idea. We ultimately did it. And that photo booth paid for itself in six months. I believe it. Mm-hmm. It just absolutely, yeah. we caught the wind at the right time. Uh, we established our business and, and kind of the rest is history. And in the last 10 years, we've grown now to where it was just me and the photo booth to, we have a team of myself and three other DJs to do weddings. We have a team of up to seven. We do weddings. We do a lot of local school events, military balls, corporate events, you name it, we do it. And every year just seems to continue to grow and grow and grow. And really the only limitation that we have right now is people. You don't want to go out and book a wedding and send somebody out that you can't trust. So I'm very selective on who works for us and and who we send out to do specific events. That's amazing. Yeah. You do lighting too, though, right? Yeah, we do ceremony sound. So basically, the all the services we cover, ceremony sound, uh, reception DJ, photo booths. We have two different photo booth options. We do lighting. We do monograms. We do sparkler towers. We do spotlighting for different things like cakes. Mm-hmm. And those are all services that we specifically added as a result of requests from clients. Yeah. So somebody wanted it mm-hmm. and then we brought it to the market. So I think lighting is an untapped, like not market, but something that it will transform a venue in a yep. heartbeat. I mean, it really will. You really need some good lighting and spotlights on the cake and mm-hmm. up lighting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really just dramatically changes the look of That's something. why I like my white ceilings. I know people made fun of my white ceilings when I built this building, but when you put colored lights on that thing, oh my God, they're just beautiful. They really are. We both just looked up because I didn't realize. <laughs> I was like, they're white? No, <laughs> but they are, you're yeah. just making fun of your... I know. You know, you know 
you know. <laughs> well, people, Sarah likes people who don't li- get me. Yeah, Sarah- people who aren't as cool as you. <laughs> Sarah likes lighting so much that she went out and bought her own lighting. I sure the hell she did. did. So I thankfully, love- not everybody has gotten that uh, memo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> lights. I mean, they're not major, but they're something. They're, yeah. you know, they add a little. Yeah, no, it's it's a great option to have. Yeah. We've you know we've pride ourselves in having one of the largest uplighting inventories in the area for a long time. We used to do a lot more events. We're not doing as many now at bigger venues like the Bruce and, and Wilma Rudolph Event Center that required big uplights, powerful uplights. And so we catered to that. That was the first thing that we invested in. And since then, we've gone forward. And, and the new thing that we have now is, is battery lights yeah. that we can connect together and we can tap them into our the lighting controllers that we have for the dancing. And so instead of having uplighting that's static, that stays the same color the entire night, all of a sudden, when the dancing starts, now your uplighting is changing the entire room. That is cool. So it, the, the lights change colors and they pulse and they they move with the beat of the music and your entire venue now is the dance floor. That's yeah. cool. Uh, and so that's something that we've really picked up a lot of esteem with this year and we've got a lot of people booking. I would say our lighting bookings now are up there with our photo booths for sure. My client just booked you for lighting and of course they had a band so it was didn't use you for DJ service, unfortunately. But the lighting looked beautiful. So, yeah. I mean, it really set off the room, in my opinion. So, let's get into the questions. Okay. But let's go to the first viewer question that we had. Have you had a wedding be fun and wild, kind of, without alcohol? Absolutely. I think I think there is a lot of stigma around alcohol when it comes to receptions. I think people think that they have to have alcohol. I have seen it on both extremes where I've seen people have dry weddings that have not been super fun, but I've also seen weddings where they've provided alcohol and people got so drunk that it got to the point of almost being silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I experienced that a couple of weeks ago where it, it, it just passes a point of almost being dangerous, not just in this particular situation, they were at like a resort. So nobody was leaving, but they were so drunk and things just kind of escalated and it was just, it turned a fun night into what could have ultimately not been fun and, and thankfully things got dealt with. But back to like the the dry side of it, I can think of, off the top of my head, of so many weddings that we've done, I've had experience with great receptions that are dry. I think what really comes down to though, when you have a dry wedding is the focus on the bride and groom and their bridal party really comes into focus. One of the things that we always coach our couples on ahead of time before their wedding is what we see as really the biggest weakness of a reception is I don't think a lot of bride and grooms understand how important their role is in their day. And I know that sounds silly, but... No, it's I, I know what you're saying, especially when it comes to the music. Well, just in, just in their overall demeanor. I mean, yep. how many times have you all been to a reception where by the time the open dancing starts, it's almost as if the bride and groom are kind of over it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you hate to see that because yes. so much money and time has been spent, but I don't know if, and I never ask, so I don't know if it's one of those things where maybe there's a family issue that's led up to it or, you know, there's other extenuating circumstances. But the biggest thing that we tell our couples is, is like, look, you're hiring us. We're really good at what we do, but your couples are going to mirror you. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's something that I can't say enough is that your the couples are going to mirror your energy and your activity. For an example, if as a bride and groom, if you guys are not dancers and you're, let's say you're smokers and you go outside during the dancing, your guests are going to all follow you. Mm-hmm. They're going to go to where you are. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to be with you. They're there to celebrate with you. It doesn't matter how good we are playing music inside. We could be playing the best music, the right songs at the right time. We're going to get people dancing, but it's not going to carry 
as much as if they're inside. Mm -hmm. And so we always coach our couples ahead of time to set that expectation. Like you need to meet us halfway. And, you know, there's a responsibility as a bride and groom that you're part of the entertainment and your guests need to see you. If you, like for instance, sunset pictures, a lot of people like to do that. If you go off and do sunset pictures for 45 minutes, your guests are going to see that you're not there. The energy level, the reception is going to come down. And when you come back in, a lot of your guests are going to start to leave. We see that all the time. That's a really good point. I actually hadn't thought about that. Had you? I have, but I love a sunset picture. <laughs> no, it, but here's the thing. I'm not, I, I'm not trying to pick on sunset pictures. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really. need to be 45 minutes. But, a good but photographer. We, all know, yeah. we yeah. all know that there's those receptions Absolutely. where the, the photographer, and, and it may not be the photographer's fault, so please like, mm. don't at yeah, me no, the no. photographer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because sometimes they don't want to like see each other before yeah. the ceremony. So they're catching a lot yep. of those pictures between the, the reception but and it's, the... But it's any event. Yes. And, and that's when we do planning, we try to schedule it where it's done and then it's like open dance floor. Because if you lose that vibe. Yeah. If you have something that interrupts, mm -hmm. it's hard to get that momentum back. Same thing with like faux send-offs. Faux send-offs were really big last mm -hmm. year. People wanted to do those fake send-offs, faux send-offs because they're, you know, they were cutting costs by not having their photographers the whole time. And it's really hard to get everybody back in and pick up that momentum again. Yeah. And so we caution people like, hey, we see that you have this exit on your, your timeline. We support that. But here's what you need to understand. You need to get back inside as fast as humanly possible because you're going to get trapped outside. And the next thing you know, you're going to be outside for 45 minutes when you only meant to be out there for 15. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to wonder what happened to your reception. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so I think you can apply that same logic to even like the cocktail hour. Mm -hmm. If you've got a cocktail hour that's planned for pictures and it turns into, you're supposed to be 45 minutes and now it's an hour and 15 and you don't have appetizers or anything for your guests because you're planning on them eating when you come in and things get behind your guests pick up on that. And I think all of those things can unfortunately have a negative impact on the reception, which you've then create a hole for us as a DJ to try to dig out. Every wedding is different and every wedding, whether you like it or not, you could have the best planner, the best venue, the best everybody. Things are going to happen, mm -hmm. but it's important not only as having professionals that are flexible, I think it's also important as a bride and groom to understand that you need to be flexible, but then also listen to your professionals to guide you. That's exactly what we say all the time. Yep. All listen the time. to your professionals. professionals. Yes. That's it. That's really interesting that you coach them so much. That's cool. Yeah, that's great. Any, I don't know that I've talked to any other DJs that do, do that. Do you have like a portal or do you mm -hmm. have like an extensive questionnaire? Or we, we try to keep it pretty streamlined because as I can imagine, I've not really gone through the process as a bride and groom currently, but I would imagine that the venue's got something they send to the bride and groom and yes. the photographer and the videographer and the caterer and, you know, and on and on and on. So we don't want to create this huge hassle for them, you know, on paperwork wise, but, but when our couples book with us, they have access to what we call our online planning portal that they can log into and they can look at the contract they sign, how much money they owe us, what services they book. They can put their timeline in, their music choices. They can do all that online. And the hope is, is they work on that over time. So that when we get closer to their event, there's not as much for us to work through. And so typically like with a timeline, they've already talked to a planner or the venue or a photographer and they kind of have a rough idea. And so then we help them flesh out the details of the things that we need to know. Because obviously a photographer is not really going to be thinking about stuff in the same nuance that we do. But we also have through our portal a link that the couples can go to that has a lot of frequently asked questions, do's and don'ts, sample timelines. We also have a ton of playlists. So if somebody calls and says, I don't know what song to pick for this. You know, we have the top 30 first dance songs, the top 20 father-daughter songs, the top 20 yeah, mother-son songs. So that's good. That was if, one of our questions. Yeah, if, if <laughs> so, you need yeah. that, 
it's easier for us to send them to that and let them kind of explore it themselves because every couple is different. And so it's hard for me to say, I think this is going to be a great song for you. Yeah. When truthfully, since COVID's happened, we're really not even meeting these couples until mm-hmm. the day of. And it's so, hard, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's definitely very interesting yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is. Let's talk about a little bit about ceremony music. Um, and talk to us about ceremony music and how many songs should be in your prelude, um, that kind of thing. For us, we, with our contract, the way that we work it out with our couples is we consider the prelude pre-ceremony time to be about 30 minutes. Your guests are typically going to arrive 30 minutes before the wedding starts. So that's when our contract time starts. Obviously, that changes a little bit. Like right now, with as hot as it is outside, when your guests arrive here, if it's an outdoor ceremony, they're not going to go sit outside for 25 minutes and no, sweat. They're, wait inside. they're going to come under the cover inside. So the, the prelude music isn't nearly as important versus like a spring or fall wedding. But typically your guests are going to arrive about 30 minutes. So we we will come up with a 30-minute playlist. Typically, it's going to be a little bit longer than 30 minutes because, you know, sometimes the ceremony doesn't start on time. So rather than having to loop it, we'll put in extra songs. It's hard to say how many songs, but I would say, you know, when you're looking at it, whether it's on Spotify or iTunes or whatever you're putting together and it gives you that cumulative time, you definitely want to have 30 plus minutes because I would say traditionally, your guests are going to start arriving around 30 minutes. Of course, you are going to have that random cousin uncle that shows up an hour and 15 minutes early. Uh, but I would say the bulk of your guests are going to, you know, typically fall in that 30 minute range. Okay, good. Well, one of the questions, you know, I have is I think it is extremely important to have two different setups for a ceremony and a re- reception. And not so much at this venue because this venue is very close, but there's other venues where it's quite a distance away. And we run into DJs sometimes carrying their equipment through. And, and what is your thoughts on having the two different setups? I think if, And it's probably without hearing this question, like on a podcast like this, I don't think your general bride or groom is going to know to ask that question. Unfortunately, they're going to find out day of. For us, we've we've been doing two setups for years. Mm -hmm. We we don't even play around with the idea of moving equipment from inside to outside. There is nothing less. I mean, I can't think of anything. Well, there's probably a number of different things. It's extremely (laughs) unprofessional to see a DJ or somebody breaking something down and bringing it inside. Now, obviously, I do know that there are some ceremonies where people will bring their arch inside. You know, the, yeah. the arch for the ceremony comes inside and it becomes a part of the decor inside. That's different. Your guests see that and they understand you're multitasking that. Yeah. But when it comes to equipment, a professional, a true professional DJ should have two setups because you want to be able to go from point A to point B with with zero downtime. Additionally, another reason that we do that is because it gives us redundancy. Mm-hmm. We now have a separate set of equipment, speakers, power cables, mixers, microphones. We have all this stuff that is sitting there in case something goes wrong sure. and vice versa. So if our ceremony set up something's you know, wacky. Mm -hmm. We can pull something from inside if we had to. If we get inside for the reception and something's acting funny, we can pull something from the ceremony setup. So you get backup. Yeah. Yeah, Backups are something that that couples really need to be talking about. I think with all professionals, but definitely with their DJs or their musicians, because we are using as DJs a lot of technology, you know, computers and speakers and lights and all of these things that even though we invest thousands and thousands of dollars on these things and we check them all before we go out there, some days they're temperamental and yeah. and you could, we could literally have used it the day before and something gets messed up in transit and all of a sudden it's acting funny. You have to have in the wedding world, a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, a plan D. Like oh, there is yeah. no scenario where you go to a couple and say, I can't finish this wedding. Like, mm. God forbid somebody falls through my table and takes out like my controller and all that stuff. I'm still going to figure out a way to, to finish it. It's not going to be ideal, but we're going to figure it out. Yeah. And the last thing you want to find out is 
that your professional is not prepared for that when they need that equipment the most. Mm -hmm. And there's so many times, you know, we have so much redundancy in what we do that you sometimes start to think about like, oh, we don't really need that. But then when push comes to shove, you got to have that there because it's just so important. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there with couples don't know to ask that. Mm -hmm. And then they get into it and they're like, oh, no. Why didn't I think of that? that? Mm -hmm. And and I think, I'm going to say it was you. We were at a wedding and something went wrong and you didn't even flinch. Like, you're like, oh, I got this. And that meant so much to me as like the florist or the planner, I don't know what wedding it was, but you had that like so quickly, you were able to just move on. And I think that that spoke so much volume to me is how professional you are as a company and how you had already planned for things like that to happen. And I think a lot of DJs, a lot of non-professionals don't think about that, you know, having a backup and knowing things do happen. I tell you what, I always get nervous when I see the DJ rolling here like (laughs) 45 minutes before (laughs) everything happens. I'm like, I sure the hell hope they're all their equipment works. Because <laughs> they're like cutting it off with yeah, those folks, you know. Pulls right? up in a Honda Civic and everything's yes. in a trunk. And, yes, exactly. And nothing's in, in totes and it's yes. all kind of, yeah, piecemeal together. they bring together. a card table out to put their equipment on. That's mm-hmm. when I really get you nervous. Know, I, I, it's hard for me to judge because, I mean, I I've certainly have been there right. sure. many, many, many years ago. Sure. And I know that not everyone, when they start out, has the opportunity to go out and invest the kind of money that we have in equipment. So I certainly don't want to lift my nose up at anybody, especially somebody that actively wants to get into this business and wants to get to a point of like our company eventually. I think we should encourage that. But at the same time, you know, hopefully they learn from that. And I think our ability to adapt on the fly comes from making mistakes. Yes. We've yeah, made sure. a lot of mistakes over the years. Yes. And so when you're, you're hiring a professional, you're paying for somebody that has experience that hopefully has been through those problems and knows when it happens exactly what to do. Yeah. And I can think of a scenario. I was in this venue doing a reception. We were in the open dancing. We started going and all of a sudden my digital mixer just freaks out and it starts to make this horrific electronic noise. I mean, this just screeching noise. And everybody looks at me. In my mind, I default back to, okay, let's figure out what it is. I immediately kick the mixer off turn it back on. It's still making the noise. I isolate it. I say, okay, it's this mixer. It's the problem. My trunk's behind me. I reach out. I pull my backup mixer in. I pull the digital mixer off. I throw the analog mixer on, plug everything in, get the cables out. I was down for literally I think this was that wedding that I was talking about. Yeah, was, was that there? Really? Potentially. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was down for maybe two minutes, got it working, got everything kicked on, did a quick check, apologized to the crowd you know, said, Hey, now that I got your attention, making all this noise, like let's, <laughs> let's keep the party going. We were able to keep on going and and the bride and groom were none the wiser. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool because I got a compliment that night from the videographer that he was just watching me and was amazed at how quickly we were, I was able to respond to that. And that's just through preparation and experience and, and figuring that out. And so again, it's, it's experience and having a plan and knowing that your plan A is always what you want to happen, but you have to have those backup plans. And on top of it, for us personally, and our motto for our company is we always want to make sure that if something goes wrong, the bride and groom don't know about it. Yeah, yeah that's we right. We never want to bring that's it to exactly their attention. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They that's shouldn't even too. have to worry about it. No. And the guests too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of like, things that can go wrong. How do you accommodate a venue that doesn't have Wi-Fi or electricity or, or that kind of thing? Is How do you do that? I would say that we've never run into a venue that doesn't have electricity, thankfully. Uh, we, you know, we vet all of our venues ahead of time. I was talking to a bride today that is interested in having us at a venue that we've never been to before. So there's a number of questions that I have to ask her 
beforehand to make sure that everything is good. And she wasn't able to answer all the questions. So I have a call into that venue tomorrow just to kind of go through all that stuff. Because obviously, at a certain point, it's really not up to the bride to give me that information. We need to be prepared for that. But most of the venues that we go into that we have experience with, we go in knowing exactly, you know, where to load in, what the power situation is, where to store everything. It only really kind of gets tricky when it comes to power when it's a new place. And really, power only becomes an issue more with ceremonies than mm-hmm. it does with receptions. I mean, with a venue like this, I mean, you guys have powers for days. It's not a problem. There's a lot of times where we'll do ceremonies and the power is questionable or they decide to do it in a different location and they make that decision two weeks before the wedding. And now all of a sudden we have to have that conversation about, well, when you hired us, you were in this location that had power. Now you've moved to another location that doesn't have power. We've got to work through that, which typically adds cost because we have to bring sure, a generator sure, in or something yeah. like that. Which but thankfully, so noisy. Oh my God, they're noisy. Mm-hmm. The ones that we have are relatively quiet. Are they? Yeah. We had to bring in a big one for the music festival. Oh yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. There are some that are very loud. Power. Yeah. The one, the one that we use for our ceremony is an inverter generator, uh-huh. and it's it's about fifty decibels or more or quieter. We'll run it one hundred and fifty feet away from the ceremony yeah. site and yeah. try to hide it behind something. Yeah. To minimize that, but typically it's it's a very low rumble, even when the the pastor's talking. But I would say power, thankfully, has not been a huge issue. We are encountering more and more where Wi-Fi is a problem. I had that same issue a couple of weeks ago where I was told that the venue was going to have Wi-Fi by both the planner and the bride. We get out there and there's no Wi-Fi. And sometimes they just, I think, assume that mm-hmm. because I know that <laughs> even though I tell them a hundred times, mm-hmm. especially at the barn venue, there is no Wi-Fi. Yep. And Oh, but yeah, you did. You told us there was Wi-Fi. No, I didn't tell you there was Wi-Fi. Well, (laughs) you know, nowadays, I mean, not having Wi-Fi isn't a deal breaker, Mm -hmm. but not having Wi-Fi and not having cellular coverage, Mm -hmm. that can be a problem. And so I assume, you know, at your other venue, it's been a while since it's been up there, but you have cellular coverage. So we have both Verizon and AT&T phones. We can do a hotspot if we really need to. Yeah. So that's not really a problem. But I think to get back to the kind of the point of the question is, for us, anything that is vitally important to the night, whether it's the specific songs for the ceremony, the reception, anything that is a request that's absolutely 100% important to have, it's not being streamed. It's already been downloaded. It's on multiple devices at that event, whether it's a computer, a USB drive, a phone, an iPad, some sort of backup. Anything that is critical to that evening is accounted for. The only time that we as a company need Wi-Fi, it's really beneficial during the dancing portion because we have the ability to stream in basically any song ever created through the streaming services, which is a really nice thing to have. We have over 8,000 songs in our inventory, but honestly, there are times where somebody comes up and asks for something obscure. And if it's something we're only going to play once, you know, it's not your typical wedding fair. It's a lot nicer to be able to stream it than to have to pay to download it, which is what we used to do. Gotcha. But again, I mean, our company, we don't rely on Wi-Fi because you just never know. And again, going back to for a wedding, it's not an excuse. You can't go to a bride and say, hey, sorry, there's no Wi-Fi. There's no cell signal. And I can't get you this first dance song or it's buffering because I didn't download it. I mean, that's just that's just not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So share some tips and some things that they should be asking their DJ before they hire them. You know, most of our business now, since we've been around for so long, comes from referrals. So Mm -hmm. we're getting a ton of referrals from planners and venues and photographers and everybody that we work with. And it's always humbling and appreciated when professionals want to work with us. And a lot of professionals refer their couples to us because they know what they're getting and they want to work with us. And and that's always, it's just such a real treat to get that call and, and know that somebody referred us. But, you know, when you're getting a referral, I think that helps because it gives us a lot of credibility in the fact that, the people that you've already trusted, whether it's the venue or photographer, what have you, 
you've already hired them. You trust them, obviously, because you hired them and now they're referring us. So we don't have that hurdle to go over. But I think it's very important, especially nowadays to when you're looking at a company, especially a DJ company, but this can be applied to everybody, is to see what their online presence is. A good company, and this isn't just DJs, it should have an updated and current website. They should have updated and current social media. They should be posting all the time. I'm not saying that, you know, the quality and all that stuff, that's a whole different conversation. But if you go and you look at somebody and their last update on Facebook or Instagram is from a year ago, you should Red wonder flag. why, why is that? Yeah. And, and not everybody's great. I hadn't thought about that though. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Because think- my kids sometimes get after me and they go, mom, you're posting all the time. Oh, Would don't you- listen to them. Keep <laughs> posting. Active. I mean, act. You have to talk to Jesse. Well, they Jackie. post. I mean, Jackie, she <laughs> posts selfies all the damn time. That's what she's posting. <laughs> well, you think- personal, not Burdock. <laughs> I know that you guys are always talking about, I know it's a funny joke about TikTok and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How that's always something you talk about. But I mean, how many brides have contacted you via yeah, TikTok? Quite a bit. She's had some. I mean, Absolutely. I really have booked weddings. But wait TikTok. a minute, y'all would be proud. I did a TikTok. I saw it with the she- baby ducks. The, the baby swan. Uh-huh. Yeah, baby I've had 600 views. Wow. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I I could say shamefully I have not ventured into a we bring the party TikTok just you because do it. I know I should get on it and it's on my list of things to do but yeah. you, you know with everything else that's going on and managing a Facebook and an Instagram and and all the other things it just seems like another huge thing to mm-hmm. have manage to, have to manage and going back to the point is I don't want to create an account that then doesn't have any activity on it yeah right but I say make that point to say with like TikTok is a lot of our brides now they're finding us you know through Instagram yes. and they're messaging us through Instagram yes. so you have to go to where the client is mm-hmm. it's not necessarily every client's not going to find you on the website they're not going to find you on a, a not or wedding wire mm-hmm. some of are going to find you on TikTok some are going to find you on Facebook the bride I was talking to you about earlier, she was messaging us through Facebook. That was her preferred means of communication. We have some brides that text us. We're going to respond in whatever method. If it's Facebook Messenger at nine o'clock at night, I'm going to answer. If it's, you know, through the knot, I'm going to answer it. I try to answer as fast as possible. And I try to answer in the medium in which they reach out because that's obviously their their preferred way. So I've, I've heard a professional say that before, like a social media professional, that how they contact you mm-hmm. is your their preferred uh, way of contact. And if somebody's reaching out to you at nine o'clock at night, That's respond to them because they're, oh, they're looking at it. And I know that it's hard. <laughs> I know that we as professionals have to create these boundaries so that we're not yes. working 24-7. But it's hard for me to Let see a go. notification yeah. from a bride for a date that I know is available yeah. at a venue that I really enjoy going yeah. to to not yeah. respond. Now, if I look at that inquiry and it's maybe a date that we're not, we're kind of full or it's a venue that I'm not super excited about, then I'll probably wait. But if it's one that I'm really excited about and it's on a date that we want to book, I mean, I'm going to jump on it super quick. But to get back to your point about answering you know, questions, I think or asking questions, I should say, is I think their social media presence is very important. And I also think it's vital to look up and find reviews. Mm-hmm. I think reviews are very important too. They don't tell an entire story because, you know, you go on like our page, for instance, and we have all five stars and, you know, we have 150 reviews over five different platforms. And sometimes you see it all and you go, okay, well, they don't have any bad reviews. Thankfully, we haven't got any bad ones. But if we have a client that's upset with us for whatever reason, we're going to deal with it, you know, behind the scenes. And it's not going to get to that point where they're going to leave a bad review. Whereas if you get on there and somebody has a questionable review, you know, you should might should stay away. But I think really it's, there's so many websites that you can go to that have a ton of different questions about what you should ask, you know, your preferred mm-hmm. professional that you're looking for. 
But I think that, you know, most people these days are smart enough to be able to pick up trends and traits and personalities off of social media and reviews and websites and things like that. I think that's kind of the first thing. And from there, it's really, you know, we can kind of get in the weeds about what the next thing is. But I see a lot of folks that have really poor use of social media where they're not posting at all. And for me, if, if I was looking at that, I think that would be an instant red flag. Whereas for us, everything that we post is a polished picture or video or something that represents us. And we try to do things in a very timely manner. It's very thought out. It's not sporadic. We are wanting to communicate an image, a very specific image to our clients that I hope comes through. And if not, you know, send me some messages. If you're out there <laughs> and there's something I could do, we could be doing this better. It was certainly a uh, Take the feedback. Well, kudos to you that you have all good reviews because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now, and I just left them on there and let them speak for themselves. Sure. Because sometimes you just can't please people. I don't no, care that's true. how much you bend over backwards. And it seems like the ones that you bend over backwards for the most are the ones that complain the most. So I just left them. I've had people ask me on occasion, what exactly happened at this wedding, yeah. you know? I think it's a great conversation starter, though. And if mm -hmm. you can use that as an opportunity to Educate. have that conversation yeah. with the, the client and get that ahead of time, that's huge. And, and I would just kind of dovetail that and say that if you're listening to this and you've already been married and or, you know, have an opportunity to leave a review, go in and leave a review for your professionals. Yes. Please do. You need to leave good reviews, obviously. Good reviews are very important. But if you've had a really bad experience, you need to share those things. Mm -hmm. And there was, there's an online Facebook group that I'm a part of that this bride went on and she had this really lengthy rant. I think it was like a week and a half ago about a DJ. Now, I'm not from this area. It was based outside Nashville. And, you know, she listed all the things that this DJ had done. And then in the comments, five or six additional people came in and were like, oh, I, it's crazy to see this because this similar situation happened to me and I was afraid to talk about it. I'm so glad that you brought this up and it was just boom. And all of a sudden, this post just snowballed into all these people just absolutely venting about yeah. this particular DJ. Yeah. And I love that they, you know, then felt compelled to share that. But then you're like, man, like how many... How many things could you have saved if you had Yeah, told? how many weddings were booked post that yes. because you didn't share that information? Right. And, and I think in weddings and formal events, these folks have a really... They want to compartmentalize the bad and forget about it after their wedding. They, the wedding's done. They go on their honeymoon. They want to come back. They want to look at their beautiful pictures. They want to look at their gifts. They want to think about the best. They don't want to go and think about the stuff that happened poorly, or they don't want to have to admit that they hired the wrong professional. And so I think people just have that, I'm done. It's over with. I'm going to forget about it. Whereas you should have that mentality like, okay, it was bad for me. Let's at least reach out to the vendor and give them the opportunity. I think before you leave a bad review, you, sh you should reach right. out to the professional. I agree. I wish they would do that because and that was not done to me on one particular one. It upset me because they acted as everything was wonderful. They were happy. I kept, I asked multiple times always, is there anything we need to address? Is there any, you know, I always do. Yeah. And no, no, mm. you can't fix it if if you don't. I can't know fix about it if I don't know about it. And then then to have that review, I was like, I was just blown <laughs> away. I was devastated too because I and, thought everything was wonderful. And I think really, and I would imagine this is the case. And if it's not, it could apply to other times. But a lot of times, I think it's just not having aligned expectations. Mm -hmm. They were expecting something. You were expecting something. You delivered what you thought that they wanted and it didn't meet what they needed. And if you guys would have just talked about it, you could have figured it out. Yeah. And instead of it turning into a bad review, you could have figured out a way to handle it on the back end and, and made it right. And, you know, 
our company is certainly not perfect. There's been times where we've, you know, had small things that didn't exactly line up. Couples have reached out to us and, and we've we've tried our best to make it right. I mean, obviously we can't repeat it, but we want to make sure that the client at least knows that we're not okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't deal with that very often, thankfully, but, you know, I think first you need to reach out to the professional and give them the opportunity to address it and deal with it. And then if you don't get the satisfaction out of it, then certainly you need to leave those reviews so that other people see it. I do. I've left them. I, I just left them and I didn't address them. I didn't address them publicly. Sure. I did, but, you know... It's just, they are what they are. So, you know, and I've learned a lot from them too. You yeah. learn from them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got to be able to take the good, the bad, and the ugly. You yeah. do. I don't think business. we'd be as good as professionals as we are, are if we hadn't learned and learned grown. from that and grown, and grown from, from, that. from that. Yeah. Some lots of growing pains. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they're not. Fun. I just take it all personal though. And I yeah, should. Mm-hmm. But because this venue is on my family farm, yep. this the, is your house. This is my home. You know, all my children are involved in the business. Mm -hmm. This is moving our farm forward into the future for our children. I just take it so personal. We all know I take things personal. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I think... I think it would be shocking if you didn't take it personally yeah. because this is something you really you, care about your business. You pride yourself yeah. in. It's a craft that you work hard on. It provides income for your family and you know, to get that kind of feedback sometimes is hard. But I do think if somebody comes to you and has a legitimate critique or a complaint, I'd like to think the three of us sitting here are all going to address it and, and admit to the mistake yes. and, and say, you oh, know what, yeah. you're right. That's, yeah. You're absolutely right. And, you know, that's that's all we can ask for as professionals is if we do make a mistake, give us the opportunity to address it and fix it and learn. We send out emails to our couples, you know, after they finish. And one of the things we always ask for is, you know, if there's any criticism that you have or constructive criticism or anything you want to talk about, it could be very minor, but please let us know if there's something that we did yes. that you didn't like mm-hmm. because everybody is different. It could have been yeah. as small as they didn't like, you know, where the DJ stored something or they didn't maybe didn't like the way the DJ combed his hair. Yeah. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know, little, it could be the pettiest of things, but if that is something, something that is important to you, then we need to know about it because mm-hmm. we want to make sure that that's not something mm-hmm. that becomes a problem down the road. Yeah, yeah. We, we do that too. We send out a survey at the end of the year. We also send out one a month after their wedding too, but that has given me so much, you know, critique and criticism and, and, and helpful feedback doing that. And I think that says a lot. I've been trying to get Sarah to do that. Yeah, the, the yearly survey. Yeah, I know. I need to do a yearly survey. <laughs> well, the good, the well, good I'm thing. I'm just for... now getting on a TikTok, so just <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> well, the good thing about the software that we use that powers our planning portal I talked about before is it has a lot of CRM tools, customer relations management tools that allows us to send out an automated email. Okay, so what program do you use? Well, ours is specifically to DJs. DJs. It's called DJ Event Planner. Uh, And so I I think you could potentially use it for what you all do, but I mean, it's specifically designed for DJs. I'm looking Uh, at two different ones. What do you use? Honeybook. Honeybook, yeah. Honeybook. 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 Mm -hmm. We looked at Honeybook and Curate Curate was a lot more expensive. I do think it would have been more streamlined for us as as far as rentals and stem counts and recipes and all that good stuff. But HoneyBook was the one you were. Well, your inventory from a floral level has got to be, you know, a whole different monster in itself of like, you know, I'm trying to capture with our clients, you know, I'm lucky to get 12, 13 songs out of most of these couples. You know, we do have couples that, you know, they struggle to give us the bare minimum amount of information. So I can only imagine when it comes to like yeah. floral counts and stem counts and food counts and chair counts and and those kind of things. And, 
Yeah, it's, uh, I had a conversation with some videographers, the videographer and the photographer that I was at the wedding with a couple weeks ago, and they, they felt bad because I was staying for two hours after they were leaving. Their time was over at 10. I was there till midnight and they were like, yeah, sorry, you know, we're leaving and abandoning you. And I'm like, it's okay. Cause in two hours I'm done. Like I pack up, I go home and this is, this is it. You know, you guys have to go home and still do Edit. a lot of your work on the back end. <laughs> so yeah, you're leaving two hours before me and you're going to get into bed before midnight, but you have a lot of work to be done. Right. My job at midnight when it's done and that couple leaves and we get in the car and we head off. I mean, that's it for the most part, mm-hmm. unless there's some small thing we owe them on the back end, which is, is you know, really not much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What are some tips, like the best tips that you have to keep the party going and to get people out there on the dance floor? I know we touched a little bit on on the bride and the groom or the groom and the groom and the bride and bride, but touch on some other tips to really get the party going and to keep that vibe going all night. I can't say it enough about how important it is for the couple and their bridal party to be active. That to me is is the biggest thing. It's really hard for us to overcome otherwise, but you know, that's that's going to be the number one thing. The second thing is I think if you have a space that has to be broken up because of, you know, constraints and different things, try to put your bar, try to put your photo booth, try to put those things near the dance floor. The worst thing you can do is have your bar in a separate room outside you know, where your dance floor is, where you're basically creating two spaces. Just because, you know, if you have our guest counts, I don't know if you guys are experiencing the same thing. Our guest counts are obviously less this oh, year yes. compared to pre-COVID. Yes. You know, we're used to doing 200 plus people weddings and now we're doing 125, 130. You have the general progression where after, you know, the, when the dancing starts and the cake cutting happens, you know, you lose 25% of your guests. So now you're down to like 80, 90 people. Well, if you split those 80, 90 people into two spaces, now all of a sudden it feels like you don't have hardly anybody. Mm-hmm. So I think the floor plan and making sure that your bar, it doesn't have to be on the dance floor, but it needs to be in that same space or your photo booth is in that area the area that people are congregating or hanging out is near the dance floor is extremely important. I think that's primary. And I just think that you've got to think about how how your vibe is and how you're going. And, and just because you're not a, a dancer, like if you you as a couple are not specifically dance people, like you, you don't want to get out and party all night, that's not a problem. But it helps if your bridal party is, or if you're around the dance floor, have your conversations near the dance floor, sit at a table near the dance floor, be around the dance floor, don't get stuck outside, don't disappear for long periods of time. From what I see, that's the biggest killer of receptions is when the bride and groom, the couple disappears. That can just suck the wind out of the reception so quick. It's just really hard to to explain it to people because I think until they see it themselves, they, they don't, don't really, really understand. Yeah, they don't think that. Truly, I would have not thought that myself. Yeah. But now that you say it, it makes perfect sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we always try not to set a bar outside, even though... Sometimes it's a good thing to have multiple bars, but if you have an outside bar, people will gravitate Absolutely. towards being outside. And smokers, if they smoke, like you said, they're outside. And if once they get outside, it is extremely hard to get them back in. Well, and think of it in terms of, and I, I apply this mostly to the men that go to receptions. You have a lot of men that may not want to necessarily be there or they're not dancers. <laughs> and if you give them somewhere else to hang out that's not they really will. dancing, yeah. they're going to be there. It's that's like a moth true. on the flame. They're going to be outside drinking. They're going to be away. <laughs> as much as humanly possible. And so those are the little tiny things to think about that really can play a big role is to make sure that you try to have everybody as close as possible. And, you know, I I also tell people like, you need to imagine that 50% of your guests typically that come are not going to dance. Yeah, They're just not. And so if you have 125 people and 50% of those people aren't going to dance, now you have 60 people. Mm -hmm. And so you have to try to create the atmosphere that encourages them to be on the dance floor, that doesn't give them 
reasons to leave the dance floor. And certainly we're going to do our best with the music choices and the songs that we play to encourage that. But at the end of the day, those folks aren't there to celebrate with us. Mm -hmm. They're there to celebrate that couple. They want to be with that couple. And if that couple's outside, they're going to be outside. If that couple's sitting down, they're going to sit down with that couple's dancing. They're going to dance with them. They're going to mirror that behavior. Yeah. So tell us how you feel about like gains and anniversary dance, that kind of thing. Do you think that gets people on the dance floor more? Or group, or group you know, like dance songs that are for cha cha yes. songs. Yes. Well, Do you know that my son and his wife had would not allow any of those songs. A lot of people wedding. don't. They mm, think it's becoming more common. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So that's it's a pretty loaded question, and I think we could definitely go deep into that. But I'll try to <laughs> I'll try to to go across the surface. I think like with most of the formalities, the quote-unquote formalities of receptions, it's totally up to the couple whatever they want to do. We're doing a lot more receptions where people are foregoing the bouquet toss and the garter toss. Okay. Uh, We're doing a lot more receptions where the couples are cutting down their dances. You know, they're not dancing the full first dance. They're cutting down their parent dances to a more limited amount of time. There's nothing worse than, you know, watching the groom and his mom dance for six minutes to Simple Man because they just want to stand out there and... It's super awkward because neither of them want to be there. And everybody's like, please end this. So we recommend that you either cut it down or we have a signal that we say, hey, when you're out there dancing during that dance, if you're ready to be done, you look at your DJ, you make eye contact with them, you wink at them, you nudge, you do some sort of eye contact with a bo- some body language. Your DJ is going to know exactly what that means and they're going to fade the song out and give you a proper exit so that you don't have to walk off. Uh-huh. It's becoming the norm to do that versus having the long song. So, you know, that that is becoming more normal versus the tradition. And so when it comes to the dances, I think the anniversary dances are great. It's a really cool way to honor you know, if you have a grandparents yes. or somebody that's there that's been married for a long yeah, time. Extended family there. But at the same time, you've got to know your audience. I think a lot of people do that you don't want to do an anniversary dance if that's going to bring up some sort of tough yeah. past or you've had somebody that's recently passed or, you know, your parents are not married and there's some stuff going on there. I mean, you, you need to know that like sometimes some things don't fit. The shoe game, I think, is interesting, but it, it has to be the right couple with the right group. I would say that skews a little bit more towards the silly, corny type stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things we ask our couple when we talk about dance music is what is your willingness to accept like cheesy and corny music? Are you going to be okay if somebody comes up and requests, you know, Mambo number five? Is that an okay thing for the DJ to play? Mm-hmm. And then some people are like, absolutely not. I don't want that played. So that opens up that conversation of, okay, let's go through the progressions of this level of corniness. How corny do you want to get? Chicken dance, baby shark, mambo number five. (laughs) You know, is that, which admittedly, we are not going to play unless it's requested. Right. But we need to know. So that way the DJ is not coming up to you and going, hey, I just got a request for baby shark. Is that okay? Like, we're not going to interrupt a couple for that. So you you have to know So what do you do? Like, because it, you know... Some guests might come up and say, we want this song played. And the couple have told you, no, we don't want that song played. Yeah, I mean, we, we just have to do it in a graceful and respectful manner. And typically what we will do is we won't tell the guests no. We'll just let them know, hey, we're working off of some other requests or we're working off of a list that was provided. We'll do our best to work it in, but we can't make any promises. Let's see how things go. Yeah, that's a great way. And I think we just kind (laughs) of have to... Without saying no. Yeah, if you tell somebody no, they seem to get 
defensive and they yeah. want more explanation yeah. and it, it turns into a longer conversation. Yeah. So we kind of try to evade and send them on their way and hope <laughs> that they forget about it. And if they come back up, you know, and ask multiple times, then then we have to deal with it. But generally speaking, I mean, we have a really good way of just kind of, thanks for the request. We'll see what yeah. we can do. Enjoy your night kind of thing. And, you know, honestly, there's been times where people request the chicken dance and you're like, here we go. Yeah. You know, and you play it thinking that you're about to get booed and it lights the place up. I know. Isn't it crazy? I love the chicken dance. <laughs> so, but at the same time, if, as part of us being professionals or reading the room, if the person that comes up and asks for that song is somebody that we've watched that's not been dancing the entire night, they've been hanging out at the bar, they've been sitting down, and they come up and ask for that random song, we know they're not going to dance to it. So we're going to avoid that song because that's not a legitimate request. Whereas if we see it come from somebody that's been dancing the entire night, we're going to accommodate that request because that person's been dancing and we want to keep the party going. The requests are great if they come from the right people. Gotcha. But it's got to come from the right people. It can't oh, come from smart. Joe Wallflower. I about that either. That's been yeah, and and that's as a professional holding up the wall. Yeah, as a as a <laughs> professional, we we have to read the room. Yes, we have to look at the room and we have to watch what people are doing. And we are the music programming that we do is a reaction to the responses that we're getting. And so when we open up that dance floor, we might have a preconceived idea of what we're going to play to start the night out, and it may not work. You can't sit in that if it's not working. You have to deviate and then try to, I say it's kind of like fishing. We've got to start throwing songs out and casting a net to see what we can draw people in with. And then once we get them in, we start to expand from there and get folks dancing. And we do that all night. I mean, that's it's a constant battle all night of I can imagine. meeting people where they're at on that. Yeah. And so with regard to the line dances, like you asked about, or crowd participation songs, whatever you want, from a DJ's perspective for our company, I encourage my guys to stay away from those songs as much as possible because they're a cheat. I mean, it's a, it's as a DJ, it's 100% as a cheat. It's a cheat code. You throw that song out, everybody's going to come dance. Mm -hmm. As a professional DJ, you shouldn't have to throw that out mm -hmm. to get people to dance. You really shouldn't. Now, there are some groups that we do that, that want all of them. And if they do, of course, we're going to work that in. And, you know, if, if we have a very country-centric group that wants line, all kinds all of line, line dances, dancing. we're going to play all that. Yeah. But if, you, if you're doing the right programming and you're playing the right music, you should be able to stay away from that. And what I pride myself in personally and what I encourage my guys to do is see how long you can go the night without playing it and wait for somebody to come up and request it mm -hmm. because it's going to happen. One yeah, of the bridesmaids sure. eventually it's gonna want wobble, is going to come That's up and be like, say. when are you going to play the wobble? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and then sometimes it's like, you look at them and you look at the dance floor that's got a hundred people on it and you go, I don't really have to. Yeah. Yeah. But I know you've been drinking. And if I don't, then you're <laughs> going to continue to come talk to me. So yeah. <laughs> let me play this and, and keep on going. But, you know, we, we try to play them as little as we can. We certainly don't play them back to back. We try to spread them out as much as possible. The cha-cha slide is pretty much a done deal. That's so played out now. You got to steer away from it. Really, the only two that I consider to be valuable now is the Cupid Shuffle and the Wobble. Those two are kind of our, would be the ones that we play. The Cha-Cha Slide, I think you're going to, with the younger demographic, you're going to, they hate that song. It's so played out for them. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, again, I, it, I so just... So I wonder what the new one is. What's the new? Well, the Get Up for a little bit last year, pre-COVID, was pretty popular. That one's kind of fallen off. There's a couple of other ones that have come up. You know, like the Mississippi mudslide has come back recently. That I don't know if that's been in a TikTok that video, that but that song's <laughs> actually been around a long time. Okay. But in some circles, it pops up and it's like, oh wow, okay, we're going to play that one tonight. So, you know, I think it really just depends on what 
these people are exposed to if it's like on TikTok or they see it on a movie or TV show or something so and they TikTok. ask for it. So what about songs with explicit lyrics? Very explicit lyrics. We as a company do not play music with explicit content, period. That's just, that's our company motto. We are a mobile DJ company. Everything that we do from school events to military events to corporate events to weddings, it's generally not acceptable. Okay. So we... Even if the bride and groom are like... We got it here. Here's here's what here's what I tell him. We we have (laughs) Cardi B. We have clean Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion. Those two women are absolutely crushing it right now. Yes, those two ladies just absolutely with the right crowd. I mean, you could play them back and forth for an hour, and the place is going to lose its mind. Mm -hmm. I personally like one of the questions that we ask our couples is, you know, I talked about corny cheesy music. The other extreme to that is, what is your opinion on Cardi B's WAP? Yeah, I because mean, that's the other extreme. I've got some great video footage and it's on a my 50, cell phone 50. of a bridal party yeah, just getting down. It's a 50-50 on WAP. Really? Well, I need to see that later. Yeah. <laughs> should be a TikTok. Well, yeah, you I should have TikTok. an undercover. I put it on TikTok, so I thought I could, but I didn't do it. Uh, you need an undercover account that yeah. posts yeah. awkward dances. <laughs> yeah. That is true. Where like people I mean, can submit. <laughs> I think we got an idea here. People yes. can submit videos from ah, weddings around yeah, people it. being silly. Mm-hmm. There I you like go. This. I don't have time for this. Somebody else do it. I like but. it. I like it. Well, they could submit it to us to our podcast, <laughs> not your Pinterest podcast. That's right. <laughs> An anonymous Instagram page that just posts ridiculous videos from all around. Oh, that would be we so could put fun. it on. Yeah, we have an Instagram. Like we need anything well, else. We got no reminder. If, if you're going to record a video of somebody being silly, please turn your phone sideways. Okay. We need it yeah. landscape. We don't want it in the vertical. Okay. Let's just get that out there. <laughs> But but going back to the WAP, though, when you ask people about it, it's very polarizing. It's a 50-50 answer. People either love it or they hate it. Mm-hmm. I don't think the WAP is anything worse than like Baby Got Back, for instance. If you listen to the lyrics, Thank they're you. pretty close together. But for some reason, the WAP is very polarizing. And so I think that does a really good job of getting a quick answer out of a couple that lets us know kind of where they're at. But... You know, we tell people up front, we're very open and honest about it, that we just don't play explicit content. Everything that we download that we get into our library is clean because we want to be able to use it at every event. And I don't want my guys to have to go through the library and decipher if it's, if a, it's a good one or, or not. not. And so right. if a couple really, really wants explicit content, we're just not the company for them. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. I'd rather know that up front than to get to their wedding and find out that that's what they want. And honestly, it's so rare that it's not really a problem. I think most yeah. people understand that Grandma don't want to listen. Grandma does not want to listen to that. And you might have 30 minutes at the end of the night where that would be okay. Uh-huh. It's You're not going to come out of the gates no. throwing down the dirty version no. of the WAP right after you cut the cake. I mean, yeah. it's just not going to happen. Yeah. But You better play the WAP at Jackie's wedding now. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Jackie wants the WAP. Well, <laughs> and her stance. Yes. Well, and, and, and that's one of the things as I talk about with the, the client meeting that we have. For us, finding out what the couples don't want to hear is more telling than finding out what they want to hear. You are so right. Mm-hmm. I always ask that question mm-hmm. too. It is telling. Yep. You can learn more from that. Yeah, we, we do have some couples sometimes that want to do a little bit more work for us and they'll send us like a playlist. Like I've had, I had a couple recently that said, hey, we've been planning our wedding for like eight years. And so we have this what? Spotify playlist. That's from eight that, years ago? No, that we've been curating and it's got nine hours worth of music on it. So here you go, ha- you know, have fun with it. And I'm like, you have two and a half hours worth of dancing. What yeah. are we going to do with nine hours worth of music? Yeah. But having that nine hour playlist doesn't tell me as much as if they tell me the music they don't like. Mm-hmm. I can learn quicker that you don't like a line dance mm. or a crowd participation song versus knowing that you like Usher's Yeah or Bruno Mars. 
or whomever else that might be popular at the time. You know, those are the things that we want to know. We want to know what you don't like so that we can steer away from that. You know, if it comes up in conversation that the couple's not from Tennessee, you know, we'll talk about is Rocky Top okay? Or if a couple's from Alabama, like, can we play this? Can we play that? Like, there's nothing that gets more awkward than somebody requesting Rocky Top and you play it and the couple... The groom is like, no, I did a wedding within the last two months where the father of the bride came up and told me to play Rocky Top. And I said, sir, I'm sorry, but it's on the do not playlist. Like it's specifically on this list. And he said, I don't care. I paid for this wedding. You mm-hmm. need to play Rocky Top. Yeah. When they pull that card. And I said, mm-hmm. I said, well, can, can I have a minute to like go talk to He's like, no, like play the song. Like he was very serious about it. And I'm like, okay, this is really awkward. So I hit Rocky Top and half the place goes nuts. The groom comes running over and he's like, shut it off. He's like, shut this off now. And I didn't have another song ready. So like the last thing I want to do is cut the song off and be struggling to find, because I mean, he was literally on me within 15 seconds. Wow. And so I turned to the guy and I said, I said, I'm really sorry. I know it's on your do not playlist, but your father-in-law just asked for it. And he said he paid for it and he told me to do it. And he's like, oh, he asked for it. And then there was a, you know, lace of explicatives. And then the father of the bride comes over and he's laughing and they're hugging and everybody thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> but and you. I'm, and I'm sitting there like, <laughs> oh my God. What right. are you, you guys are playing with my heart here. Like, <laughs> like you're playing with what my job is. And so then I switch it to a different song and everything's great. But they played a big joke on each other. Yeah. But really the joke was on me. Yeah. Because, man, my heart fell out I, of my I, chest yeah. because that father of the bride was not joking around. <laughs> And he had a poker face that I've never seen before. Oh my. And it worked out. So, but I'll just say like knowing that kind of stuff, those little bitty intricacies yeah. are important, especially when it comes to programming music, because we, we have a, a lot of history as DJs knowing the music that's important, but we also have a job to bring in the couple's choices. You know, it's not just about what we want, it's about what they want too. And so we've got to find that commonality where we bring our experience, but then we also bring their preferences in. I like your processes. Yeah. Those are very, yeah. You wouldn't think DJing was just so, uh, I mean, he is on depth it. Yeah. So really, yeah. So this kind of brings us to the end of the night. I know that was kind of like a horror story for you, but, you know, this is our like real life, real wedding horror story moments. We love telling those yeah. horror stories. I do. I do too. I was. <laughs> My husband may not. I'm really excited for this part because <laughs> I want to hear your DJ horror stories. Like this oh, is, I got one. This is what I came for. And hopefully they're not about us. I assume you wouldn't tell a story about me or my company while we're here. But uh, I'm really excited to hear DJ Our horror stories. stories. You go first. first. You okay. go first, Sarah. So we had a bride that was from Nashville and her groom was from Kentucky. And her best friend wanted to hire and pay for the DJ. And she she kept going on about this DJ out of Nashville, how great he was. I mean, I was, I was excited. I wanted to hear him and see him because they've been talking him up so much. So I went down there at the beginning of the evening, you all, and I saw this big box of wine (laughs) over next to him at his station. And I'm thinking, is he drinking that wine? I mean, ooh, that's usually not a good thing. But I just let it go. You know, it's not my wedding. So then about an hour later, I get a text from my staff that says, Sarah, the DJ is drunk and he has accosted the mother of the bride. And about that time, I hear this, and, <laughs> I mean, literally, we were down at the house on the back porch and I hear a brawl occurring mm-hmm. up at the barn venue. 
So I'm like, I've got it taken care of. I'm calling the sheriff right now. Click, I call the sheriff. Two sheriffs show up. Long story short, they arrest the guy. He had accosted the mother of the bride. He had gotten drunk and was belligerent. And they hauled him off and he had to leave his stuff there. <laughs> I hope they got a refund. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, oh my, oh my God. I know. And so, of course, the kids are like, Mom, did you see the mug shots this morning? <laughs> his mug shots. <laughs> you know, because I get this like feed about, uh, you know, arrests and stuff. Yeah. Why do I get that? The booking log. I get it too. Booking log. I know. Yeah. And here he was, a DJ. Yeah. So, so, I, if you recall, I was here that night. Not at the barn. No, you it was were, not I, my I team. I was here too. Yeah, were you I was here at the Keith Glen, and it was up there at the yes. barn. And I remember you had sent me a text to let me know, and then I'd reached out to you the next day to find out what was going on. And we looked up the guy because I was trying to figure out who it was and you know where he was from. But I mean, I can't imagine like you get booked. He's taken away. His equipment all gets left. Yes. up. And yeah. if you told me you guys like packed it all up we for him. We packed it up for him. I and mean, I'm sure you guys really cared for it. As yeah, we did. We did. She's not as petty as and then, I'm not. And then he had to come back and pick <laughs> and get, it up. And pick it up. And drag his tail. And That's right. Yeah. So, so the walk of shame. Soon. Yes. Yeah. Mm. I mean, so don't let your vendors be drinking. I mean, yeah. I, why a vendor think it's okay to drink at their But a lot do, but it's not okay. It's not okay. Even owners shouldn't be drinking. Yeah. Venue owners shouldn't be drinking. Caterers, DJs, photographers, none of them should be drinking alcohol at your wedding. It's, it's not at Even all. if the bride and groom offer it to yeah. you. No, no they should not. Don't. It gets on me doing that. Because that's not the first time that's happened. I had a caterer that was drinking y'all and took off running out here in the woods. I don't know why. But took off running. You sure he was just drinking? <laughs> I don't know. It was just like, it was crazy. And I was like, what's going on? They've been drinking. That's what's been going on. Took off. <laughs> yes. Well, I, you know, I'll say for our company, like, just since we're on the subject, it's it's our company policy. We don't drink. We don't smoke. That's a non-negotiable. But for my guys, we always consider like, even though we're there doing a wedding for that couple, we're also there auditioning for everybody that's in yeah, their audience. A yeah, potential customer. Absolutely. Those people see us and they're going to assume that everything that we're doing you know, is something they're not going to know. Like if we play a bad song or whatever we do, the song doesn't go over well. I shouldn't say a bad song, but let's say a song doesn't go over well. They're not necessarily going to know that that's what the bride wanted, you know, but it's our job to do that. So we have to manage the expectations of the bride and group, but also know that those people are look potentially future clients. And I think that it just looks terrible for the obvious reasons of like not drinking it, you know, drinking and having to drive home and all yes, that stuff. But yes. you're auditioning for the next group. And for us, I mean, we're, we are not a cheap professional by any means. And the amount of money they pay us to be there, the last thing we're going to do is drink their alcohol on top of it. Yeah. I mean, we, that's just not professional. Well, this guy brought his in because well, I don't provide that's next level. wine. For- <laughs> that is next what level. What the hell is this spot? But you know, you're th- you, you can't like go over there and say, it's not my wedding. He's not my DJ. You know, I can't go over there and just take it away from the guy. But at the same time, I'm thinking in my head, this is not okay. This is not going to be okay. Something's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I knew it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I the knew red it. flags were popping up. The red off, flags yeah. were already popping up. Yeah. You should have listened to that brawl, too. would be sitting on my back porch at my house it? and listen. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> but again, that goes back to the <laughs> wedding DJ stereotype. Yes. That guy is now further that stereotype yes. and everybody that's there yeah. is going to remember that and they're going to tell everybody. everybody. So now... That's her story from her that's wedding. That's the story from her wedding Isn't is the DJ sad? fought the mother of the bride. It's not how beautiful everything was. Yes. And, so, it was. and the I DJ also, accosted my mother. Yep. That's why a lot of people don't leave negative reviews like you said before because they, they're going to associate with that with what happened at their wedding and they don't want to like a shine a light on that you know yeah 
I think that's a lot why they people well, don't I think make I, it, it, or I could reviews be wrong. at all. On a lot of the review sites, though, they typically like Wedding Wire and the Knot will post like the first name and the initial. So you're not necessarily right. going to tie it in. I mean, I'm not proposing anybody goes on Facebook on their own page and puts a post up about how terrible their DJ was. Absolutely. But go on and you go to their Facebook page and leave a review. Go to Google and leave a review. Mm-hmm. Go to the Wedding Wire and the Knot and leave a review. There's plenty of places to do it. And you know, that way it's it's out there, you know, in the world to see, but maybe isn't, you know, on your personal Facebook page. Because, you know, your mm-hmm. Facebook page, if you leave a review, it's, it's in, in there. you can see it. Yeah, There's ways to get around that, I think. And, yeah. and I wouldn't shy away from that for sure. And I hope that that bride. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. Oh, it was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah. You got a horror story? I'm going to pass this one to Mike. You got a horror story for us? You know, thankfully, I can't think of... Yeah, the night he was here. And the, the, the... <laughs> yeah, that's his He story. personally hasn't, but he happened to be here when that happened. I can't, I can't lie. I love to hear a good drama from a wedding. You know, <laughs> What's I, the worst one that you think you've heard? I mean, I've heard a ton of different stories, and I certainly don't want to repeat any that yeah, could be tied right. back to anybody because that, you know, again, everybody has bad nights, and so you don't know the the extenuating circumstances. But I'll tell you, the one, the wedding that I was a part of that immediately jumped to me was a horror story was many, many years ago. This was, I mean, probably five, six years ago now. We were doing the wedding and we get to the dinner portion of it. Everything's gone fine up to that part. It's a plated dinner, which was weird because at the time, buffets were still pretty popular and we're doing this plated meal. And I was like, man, that's kind of weird. They're doing a plated dinner. That's pretty uncommon. Food starts coming out. Guests start to have this like weird look on their face. Everybody, like there's this weird aura in the room. You can tell something's up. Yeah. Bride and groom disappear. Parents, the you know, disappear. And I'm like, what's going on? Well, then I find out the caterer w- had served chicken and all the chicken was raw. So all these plates were coming out with raw chicken, undercooked chicken. And it was a plated meal and they were all coming out that way. And it was just real, real bad. And, and you know, the bride is mortified. She goes crying off and hiding and the parents are, you know, pissed. So yeah. they're going off and dealing with that. And it ended up re- like disrupting the wedding for like an hour. There was about this hour where... They had to recook the chicken. Well, not, no. I mean, they basically threw the caterer out. I mean, they, they oh, flat did out they? told them, they're like, you need to take this stuff. And, you know, I think there was a... I wasn't in the room. They were off somewhere else, you know, dealing with stuff. But for my understanding was there was a time where they had to calm the bride down and, and reset her. And then there became a time where there was a negotiation with the caterer to figure out what was going to happen, how to make it right. And then they ultimately sent the caterer packing. The caterer refunded the money. They then ordered like pizza or something. Oh, so then like- Probably had more fun with the pizza. So then, you know, this time had passed. So then here comes the bride and groom to me and they're like, hey, can we talk for a minute? So sure. And, you know, so they give me the rundown and we're talking about everything. They said, yeah, you know, this is what happened. We have pizza coming. Is there a way like, can you help us like just reset this thing? Like, yeah. let's just start over. Yeah, yeah. And so I get on the microphone. I explain to everybody what's going on. I mean, obviously everybody knows what's going on. Yeah. yeah. So here's what happened. We got pizza on the way. Let's not let that disrupt this night. We're going to turn it up. We're going to blow the roof off this place. Like we're going to turn this negative into a positive. Pizza shows up. Everybody eats. Everybody's super motivated to make that night amazing for the couple because they're, you know, we're super distraught. They end up paying me to stay longer because obviously we lost some time, but they got the money back from their caterer. So it worked out. And I mean, we threw down. I mean, that that wedding went from being an absolute like, this is Could terrible have been. Yeah. to... I think we were able to use that to motivate people to have even more fun. Hope, I don't know if it motivated people, but we turned it, you know, it definitely didn't kill the mood, but it was a really awkward hour waiting to hear them figure out what was going on. Cause I mean, the bride was just gone yeah. and the parents wow. were gone yeah. and nobody knew what was going on. I didn't even know, like people were coming up to me, like what's going on? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't even know where anybody is. Mm. Yeah. So th- that immediately jumped out to me and so things happen. And that's what we always try to tell yeah. couples. Things happen. 
but that doesn't mean it's all ruined. And you turned, uh, you know, yeah. a bad situation into a great situation. Probably had more fun having pizza anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I and I can remember to this day that even the venue staff was concerned beforehand because this was a caterer they'd never worked with before um, who was doing a plated meal in their venue that doesn't have a kitchen to be able to cook stuff. So stuff was supposed to be cooked. And so I think maybe they showed up under the impression they could cook things further and they weren't able to. And, and again, I don't know all the because again, it was five, six years ago, but... This is why, if you're a vendor, this is why I say this all the time, and you have not been to a venue before... Go check that venue mm-hmm. out to see what the amenities are so you know what you're working with before you even get there. I've had that happen, too, with a caterer show up and thought, oh, we thought you had a full-fledged kitchen. That's what we were told. No, mm-hmm. I do not have a full-fledged kitchen here. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and, it, and it's ultimately up to the professional, as I mentioned earlier. I can only ask so many questions and expect the bride to have an answer. Yes. At a certain point, I need to reach out to the venue directly. Yes. And we always do that in our advancement either early before we accept that client, that couple, or if something pops up later in it, we're going to reach out directly to the venue because at the end of the day, you can't leave it to the bride, no. the groom, the couple, the to parents remember everything. to be able to give you a straight answer. And if they're wrong, you can't have your reputation be banked on what somebody else said. Because, right. you know, as a professional, we right. need to make sure that we cover those bases. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. Man, I think we had some great tips in there. I really do. For I sure. learned a lot tonight. Me too. DJing. I really appreciate it, Mike. It, yeah. it really enlightened me. Yeah. Because, I mean, I haven't been involved in a wedding with one of my children in a while. So right. I don't remember even going to this extent with the DJs I did have. So, yeah. Well, everything we do is is just something that's developed over time. Yeah. And as we see a missed opportunity or a chance to do better, we change our process and we get involved. And I know it may sound like to somebody that it's a lot. It really isn't that much. We we really pack it down into a much more concise way of getting that information out of, out of folks. And sometimes we can do it without them even realizing they're giving us that information. But we consider ourselves to be professionals. We consider ourselves to be, you know, one of the top companies in this area. And so we always want to come out and we want to over deliver compared to what the expectations are. And the bar is high for us. So we've always got to make sure we're shooting past that bar. And it, for what we do, and probably for what a lot of professionals do, the preparation beforehand is paramount because when it comes to the day of, there's only so much you can do. Right. And so your prep work has to be on top of things. And if you do the right prep work ahead of time, your day of is going to be a lot better and your product's going to be a lot better. People don't realize how much we prep prior to a wedding. No. They just think it all happens on that day. Yep. You know, and I tell people, like, we'll be down here cleaning on a Wednesday night. What are you doing? We're, well, we're getting ready for yeah. the weekend. We've got things we have to do. Mm-hmm. There's things we do all week to get ready for this yeah. wedding on the weekend. We'll talk more about it when we get to the flower podcast that we have coming up. But I can't wait. Like, we do that, Danielle? <laughs> That's our next one, right? Yes. So, so next time Danielle you hear us. Renshaw from Ruffled Willow. I've yeah. heard of her. You heard of her. I've heard of her, yeah. yeah. She's pretty talented. Aww, she you really sweet. is. You are talented. Thank you. You do very unique things. You do. Thank you. I'm I excited. appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited too. I, I think there's a lot, like we learned from Mike tonight, I think there's a lot that people don't think about. You know, As far as DJing goes. Absolutely. I agree. Totally. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Yes. And, uh, as always, Mike, where can the couples find you? Where can... Yeah, we're on the typical social medias. We bring the party events.com, Instagram, Facebook. We bring the party events. They can call us, email us, text us, whatever form of communication. If you want to show up to our address and talk about your wedding, we're happy to do it. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's where they'd reach out to us. And, and we love talking to everybody. It's important to, when they call us though, we obviously need to know the date, the venue, and 
we can kind of go from there. But we do get a lot of inquiries from people that they don't even have the data the venue picked out. I can't really do much with that. So just just know before you reach out to certain professionals like myself, got to have those two things first. But maybe you're their priority. Maybe the DJ is the priority. Yeah, because we've talked about that We've before. talked about that. What's your priority? Like, is the venue your priority? Is your dress your priority? Is your food your priority? Is your DJ your priority? Yeah, and we can get them in our, our calendar. We can work them in. But obviously, it's hard to talk in nuanced detail without knowing mm-hmm. specifically the venue. You should just tell them you're available on whatever day Sarah's available and I'm available. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Just kidding, just kidding. Uh, it's a dream team. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Sarah, tell them where you're at. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok. <laughs> Mama Shepherd, isn't it? Uh-huh, that's yeah. right. Mama Shepherd 60. There you go. And where can we find you, Danielle? Same places, uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, ruffledwillow.com, and all of the Oh, things. yeah, our websites, too. Yeah, yeah. websites. I always yeah. forget that. Yeah, and Not Your Pinterest podcast has a website Based off of Burdock. So when you yes. go to Burdock, there's a tab for Not Your Pinterest Wedding Podcast. And so. we have an Instagram for Not Your Pinterest we Wedding, do. too. So we yeah. try to update that, put yep. things on there for you. We're getting better. Teasers about what's <laughs> coming up. Yeah. If Pictures. You're, if you're of, an active listener, share this with other people. Because that's right. Absolutely. I am a professional, and I've listened to every episode, and I've enjoyed and learned something from all of them. So yeah. Thank you, Mike. It's a great resource to share with anybody from a professional all the way down to something. Yeah, like my sister-in-law listens. What up, Amber? And she has nothing to do in the wedding industry. doesn't have a child. It's that age yet, and she said she really enjoyed it too. So share it with all your friends. Yep, we're excited about it. All right, we will see you next time on Not Your Pinterest Wedding. Mm-hmm.